Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to this week's episode of The Nero Show. In today's episode... The USA is banning these tilted in shifters. What do we think? I've got my hands on an Aero one by bike. Full Kool-Aid spec. What do we think? We have a bit of a pro cycling roundup and what kit brands are the teams wearing? And selling a second-hand group set online. What are the pitfalls? All right, let's get into it. All right, well, I got some big news this week, Jesse. I have, uh, I am intravenously injecting Kool-Aid into my bloodstream and I'm going to let it flow for the foreseeable future or at least up until... Twitter and under. That is a very, very bizarre metaphor for me to say that I'm gonna I'm gonna ride a Cervelo S5 for a couple of weeks. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Chris Miller is already freewheeling mm. turns as we speak. So yeah, so basically I'm gonna get a chance to ride one. There's gonna be some test bikes, Cervelo doing test bikes at Twitter and Under. Uh they gave me the opportunity to ride one. Well, okay, so hang on. That's not the full story. They Gave me the opportunity to get a frame that I could then build up for a couple of weeks. Is it good? You, like that sounds like a massive headache, but sure. It is. It is. I, I have yeah. lots of people helping me out. Like Edwin's okay. building it for me. So he's doing that, doing that. So it's a little bit of that out of my hands. But okay. I've decided to go full Kool-Aid and okay. run the one by setup. So good. Cervelo S5, SRAM, uh, Red and other bits and pieces on a full one by setup, so a 50 tooth with an 11.33 cassette at the back. What crank? Is it the SRAM crank with the quark? SRAM quark? crank with the quark. Oh. The Aero, oh. Aero. Jonas Miller. Jonas Miller. Full yeah. setup. Yeah. So, uh, I, I look, I just wanted to announce that uh, and open myself up to you because you're already looking across at me. You're so excited and you send me a photo of it, yeah. just like, oh, I'm, my <laughs> riding's going to change. I'm like, it's it's three watts so, yeah. slower than the Nero bike. I don't know why you're so excited. <laughs> anyway, what are you expecting the bike to be like? Je- like, really be honest here. Be honest. If it's any way different to the aeroad, the neurobike, sorry. We're just going to have to just, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'm comparing, I'll be comparing this bike in my mind to a aeroad CFR. Okay. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I, I think the aeroad's fucking amazing. Like, I really do. Mm-hmm. And so if this bike is in any way different, I, I actually don't think it will be any different. I, I That's me being honest. I don't think you do. I think... Subconsciously, you think it's going to be better based on the interactions we've had when discussing. So, okay, so that's a really, yeah. I, I and I think, like, look m- at you. Maybe look the, you're all so maybe, the, <laughs> maybe the truth is, maybe the actual truth is, the reason that I've chosen a one by setup is because I almost then have an out clause to say, well, it's different because okay. of what the one by setup is is offering me. Um, I, as I said. I, yeah, uh, yeah. So I okay. This is why I I find it inter- I'm kind of interested. I'm kind of sitting back, kind of analyzing it, and it's it, I find it interesting because in the the perception of those two bikes in my mind is that the S5 is better. That's in my mind because it's won the Tour de France in Sydney at least. It's got this. The S5 has this mystique sort of thing about it. So I'm then comparing that to what 
the numbers say on paper, which is they're probably going to weigh the same. Maybe the one by saves a little bit of weight. And aerodynamically, based on the testing, they are pretty much the same within a couple of watts. So if you just looked at the numbers, you'd say they should be pretty much the same bike. You shouldn't really notice a difference. It's the same speed. But the Sydney click chat aspect of it would make you think that the S5 should be faster. And that's what I want to see. Mm. Does the does the cafe chat hype match up with your expectations? And how does that compare to actually what I would, if I was someone was asked my opinion, I was just looking at the numbers, what it would say. Well, you did, right. And I, I think a lot of that comes down to there aren't that many aeroed CFR. I don't see many. You you really don't. So there's the 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 super bike the super bikes that we see in our bubble tend to be Cervelo S5s, factors, maybe some dogmas, but it's it's normally that. But I'm the same as you. Like we almost cut our teeth on this show talking about how funny the S5 chat is <laughs> in the bunch. It really is. And so I'm I'm absolutely fascinated fascinated by it to see to see what it's going to be like. Um and I'll be transferring the same wheels across, so that should again give a pretty good move. See, that's the package though, because mm. those wheels were designed, designed for that frame. For it, so it's oh, yeah. it's that's where you're unlocking when you combine the two. It's a minus five watt aero gain drag. Yeah, so it's because it's the package. Very interesting. This is going to be. Ah, I'm fascinated. So what's the what color is it? The black one. I actually don't know how to describe this colorway. It's uh, it was a limited edition colorway that I think was meant to be released a few years ago, but but wasn't. I don't know what happened. I don't know the backstory to it, but it's like a greenish blue that I've only seen photos of. I haven't seen in person, so maybe I can throw some cutaways while I'm talking because I might have actually picked it up by then. Is it the version that has the the, you have not the latest version that has the fork? Yeah, the deeper fork. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Nice. And what uh, you you got this this oh you had to get the st- the split stem thing you, you got the right you got to get the freaking yeah. split stem what bar uh, bar width uh thirty eight one ten nice. yeah. okay okay good yeah. very nice well, it's very comparable yeah. um what ch- are you getting the the SRAM chain rings for the one are they the solid ones yes. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, it's going to be really good looking. <laughs> It'll look sick. Any other special bit? Are you going to do a ceramic speed? No. Spec, spec it out. Ceramic no, no speed's dead, mate. Just, just bog standard. So I reckon ceramic speed, so one by is the new ceramic speed. One by, just let me get my head around just, that. Just, one by, just wrap that up for a second. One by is the new ceramic speed. Not, okay. not in the terms of actual reality, but in right. terms of frothiness. So the, the era of the, the big oversized, oversized jockey wheel that day's dead. It's now the one by setup. So the person who was doing the, the over the, the ceramic speed, everything fully optimized, is now running is now running one by. Okay. Nice. Is it going to be a, a Nero certified fast bike? Well, that's up to you. I feel like you are the mm. like, I'm the, I'm I, the I gatekeeper can, I can, of this. Yeah, I can nominate them. I'll show that to the camera there. I feel like I can nominate them. But and whether they get the full certification is up to you. I've already decided. I know. Yeah. It's getting one. Oh, wow. Okay. It's got one bike. It's got one That's bike. a certified fast bike. Certified fast bike. <laughs> what, so what terminology am I not allowed to use? It holds its speed. If I hear you mention once that it holds its speed, I'm done with this show. I'm leaving. We're turning the cameras off. We're shutting it down. I, I'm going to go back to making my own videos. You wouldn't know, though, mate. It's a different kind <laughs> oh. of speed. See, that's that's <laughs> oh, where fuck. you have lost it. You're just in the numbers of these watts being gained in aero tunnels. You're not out there in the real world experiencing. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you who's in the real world. It's not you. <laughs> experiencing real world speed. And that oh, is, my friend. Okay. That is it. So, okay, I can't hold its speed. Uh, what about um, stiffness? So am I like, how can I, it's so stiff you don't even notice it? Am I allowed to go that route or? No, no, stiffness I'm interested in. Okay. Stiffness I want to know. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Uh, smoothness I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, steering 
descending? Does mm-hmm. it turn itself? I'm interested to know that. That's what I want to know. Bobbin head times? You got to know, you got to want to know a bobbin, bobbin head uh, time. Yeah, bobbin head What's time. What's 350 get me up bobbin head? CP lap time at 300 watts. Yep. Need to know uh anything like that. Yep. Anything besides it holds its speed. Um would be nice to know. You're also not allowed to say it's a bit slow to get up to speed. Ah, yeah, yeah please mm. spare me. Mm. I'm not interested. So <laughs> we can leave that one out. What about climbing? How am, how am I meant to frame climbing? Because the, the standard front aero bike climbing chat would go along the lines of, you know, this isn't this isn't its its natural environment, but <laughs> but you're gonna do the but. It's yeah. it's it holds its own up no, there. Don't no. get it get it around five percent gradient. It's still well and truly holding its. All oh. right, Cam Nichols. Okay, let's save that. <laughs> so go above six percent is where you really notice it. I'm just I'm just kidding with Gabby. He actually does test the time, so I'm just taking the piss there. But um, that sort of oh, it just it, it just you know it just begs to be ridden out of the saddle. It can be done Ooh, with that. I like that. Like, we can just I might leave roll that. with that one. No. <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm interested to know the weight. One by SRAM Red and the reserves well, let's are, have are a guess. 40 let's have a wheels. Guess. Can we have a guess? Yeah. So it's been built up. I'll, I'll sort of give you a, give you the specs. So one by, as I said, uh, it does have that nice SRAM Red cassette on it, the 1133. 1133. Oh, yeah. that's not that big. No. I so, thought you'd go bigger for one so by. So can, you can get an 1130, I don't want to speak out of turn, six, but that's a four spec. Ugh. Oh, Ugh. yuck. That's Ugh. disgusting. No, no. Do but, not. But yep. seriously, that was the anyway. But so it's light. That My point there is the 1133 is pretty light. Um, Shimano, Shimano pedals on it. Um, it'll have the reserve wheels with the 28 mils on it. Which are 40, 35 deep. Oh, no, 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 no. They're 50, 60. Oh, you've got the deep ones yeah, on. Yeah, the deep ones. Oh, you haven't used them before. You were using yeah, the shallow ones. No, no. The deep, the deep ones are on the aero at the moment. Oh, right. Okay. Yep. Okay. It's, they're they're fifty three yeah. sixty one. I think they're not a light wheel. No. Okay. Um, uh, the Stellar Italia saddle. What else? That kind of gives you rough. That okay. there's a paint job on it. Okay. So it's not the stripped black one. Mm-hmm. My, I can't see this being. Hold on. Let me give my number first. All right. All right. What if I, if it's above this number? I'm not interested. What size is it? It's a fifty four. Okay, that's not that small, actually. With pedals? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I've got to take – because most of the weights you hear oh, online that's are without true. pedals. Okay, so you've got to take – Yeah, well, let's remove what, pedals. 250? Let's remove pedals. No okay. pedals. Okay, so, pedals. so as ridden with pedals and then take off about 250, 300, I would be pretty disappointed if it was above 7.6. Oh, it'll be heavier than that. Really? An S5? Absolutely. Size 54. My aeroads. With one by. Yeah, my aeroads about that. Yeah. it's just, yeah. yeah. This yeah. is a way heavier bike, isn't it? I thought it was. It's the same speed on the inner wind tunnel. Nah. Inner wind tunnel. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. 7.6 no. with that pedal. So hey, here's my math. So 7.6 with that pedals. Slap some pedals on it. It's probably 7.8 to 7.9. Okay, maybe you're not far off. Then. If it's heavier yeah. than that, that means with pedals, it's, it's 8 or above, which for a size 54 is... It can be as fast as it wants, but that's a fair it's point. It's kind of slop if it's above eight. That's a fair point. Okay, yeah, I, I, I okay, I'll say seven point seven. No pedals. No okay. pedals. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Seven points. Let's go. All right. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll meet you in the middle. No sealant. Seven point seven. Don't put any sealant in there, Edwin. Keep <laughs> <laughs> it down. Just air. Yeah. Air sealant. Um, what's the maximum tire clearance on those bikes? Actually, wouldn't mind checking that because I'd love to put a thirty on there. Wider. Get abs, get down to about 30 PSI at Heffron. Be magic. Absolutely magic. Yeah. So 7.7 with pedals, ready to go, ready to ride, stripped down. Under eight would be, would be above eight. Yeah. That's well, that's what I reckon. People but, want- then, but the problem is then you get down that rabbit hole of let's say you, you get it and it's ready to go with pedals, it's 8.1. Well, if you change the rotors to carbon tie Ooh, here we go. and you swap the saddle, or you're going to have some decked out super light saddle anyway. Just my Stellar Italia one. That's, yeah, it's, it's carbon the carbon. Rail, yeah, yeah, top, yeah, top yeah, level. Yeah. Um, but you can run those AliExpress, like all carbon, no padding ones. So you could, I mean, you can always squeeze some out anyway. But, but yeah, bog standard. If I wanted to save weight on this bike and uh, actually turn, what I'd, what I'd actually like to do 
is if given an opportunity is to put the 30s on it and ride it down around Berry and see what it's like as a riding in the hills, but hey, I've got a light set of wheels on it. Feel what that's like. Can I can I just not to do the whole like rim brake thing, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like my giant TCR in a 56 with Altegra and like a regular, not a carbon saddle and 80 mil deep wheels is seven kilos on the dot. So if you like, okay, aero bike, disc brakes, wider um, width, uh, wheels, wider tires, so all the advantages of all that. I can take a kilo more. That's, that's the maths I'm doing in my head. Yeah. I'd agree with that. But you, you said it yourself, like for the riding we do, and even like some of the racing I do, it's kind of a joke now how fast we go given yeah. the riders on the bike. Like it really is a joke how, how <laughs> fast we're going. Yeah. And it's changed the dynamic of the way races happen. You've even found this. Like you can't, you can't do the normal Jesse Coyle things that were you were doing at the power numbers you were doing. Just because everyone's going faster now. Yeah. Like yep. Chris Miller is able to weld you that little bit easier mm-hmm. because he's welding off the back of some other person's weld mm-hmm. that's that's a little bit faster than it was. And that's kind of due to these fatter, wider, heavier bikes we're riding. It is it is true. In certain courses, like at Heffron with the course, the 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 road surface is rough. It's legitimate. Like, but because everyone was just narrower tires, higher pressure. Everyone was just carrying around so much drag already that, yeah, you, everyone was just cooked and you'd be able to split the field. Now, guys, are, it sounds like a joke, but guys are literally humming along like yourself and you can't – I can attack as many times as I want doing more power than ever before, but you but can't, the speeds are so much higher. They, you yeah. can't split it like you used to. Guys yeah. would just blow up because they'd be so yeah. tired. Well, you, like, it's a legitimate – it's, yeah, it's changed. It's legitimately changed our local race at that course. At a Westhead Road race, you're probably not going to notice because it's hot Correct. mix. It's, it's, just, it's the same. But yeah, Heffron, it's massive. Yeah. And the riders aren't fitter now. Like, no. right, the A grade, you know, it's Sydney now is not any fitter than it was. If anything, the top level's less fit. But it's consistently far, like the speeds are all faster, averaged out. There's less of the, there's less of the guys who were on the cusp of that next leap. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the fit guys are still fit, but there's less one step or what. There's less sort of Matt Dinham sort of type yeah. people racing the, the regular club A grade stuff mm-hmm. than there was. And yet the speeds are going faster and... Nothing seems to, like we had a few <laughs> world tour guys there last night. Back in the old days, when world tour guys turned up to ride these races, they destroyed everyone. <laughs> now we're still the same level of fitness, but we're all going almost <laughs> yeah. as fast as them. So uh, yeah, just in the draft, in the draft, suck it, just humming over all the cracks and bumps because like, everyone's at fifty-five psi. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Which is annoying, by the way. I don't like it. It's boring. Everyone just hums along now. It's like, fuck this. Some weeks we come in here and we're like, we don't have much to talk about. And we're like, oh, let's just have a chat about bikes. This is literally the conversation we (laughs) would be having on our bike (laughs) at the moment. Um, All right. So there you go, guys. Um, That's the Chris Kool-Aid bike coming to an Instagram post near you sometime soon. Um, I'll let you know how much it holds its speed and uh, how quickly it rides itself? No, turns itself in a post very soon. Is it a slow news week or is this a storm in a teacup, uh, Jesse? It's a spit of both, I, I think. think. It could be. Yeah. All right. So, so we can't we can't turn our hoods in. Have you ever run the full UK Aero Spec hoods? No, you've never done it. Never done it. Okay. No, I I ran thirty six centimeter bars yep. for about a year, um, but never I've never done the full full tilt in. Mm. Now you? I've, yeah, I've done it. You've dabbled? Done it, yep. Mm. I like it. What percentage of people riding their bikes, like not just commuting to work, but riding their bikes in Lycra, do you reckon are, are tilting, angling? Less than a percent? Yeah. I reckon less than yeah. half a percent. The, uh, yes, barely anyone over the age of... 16. So in the interest of that half a percent, let's let's spend five minutes and, and pretend to be really interested in it. No, I don't know. It just, this did seem to blow up on 
Twitter and other bits and pieces, didn't it? So what what are we talking about here? What's and the then UCI when it came about? Because it came, the news came out just as we had uploaded last week's show. And it's like, oh, what's your, oh, you missed the chat about the hoods thing. It was like the biggest news ever that you can't tilt your hoods in. It was like, okay, it's not that big a deal, but all right. What do we, what do we think? What do you think first? I mean, I've got an opinion, but. You go first. You go first. Okay. So, I mean, everyone probably knows what it is, but for those that don't, to get more aerodynamic on the bike, people tilt their shift levers inwards so that it gets their hands a bit narrower, pulls their shoulders in a bit more. And it got quite extreme. Riders were tilting them really far in, and kind of using the back of their wrists and, and forearms as a bit of support. And the UCI uh, wanting to clamp down on it because apparently it's dangerous. Now, they're saying it's for two reasons. Because it limits the braking capacity of the riders and constitutes a modification of the product beyond its intended use. So what they're saying is you can't use the brakes as well. And because the products are not being used in a way they were designed it increases the chances of the handlebar snapping. There's two reasons there. Can't really argue with the one about it limits braking capacity. I mean, yeah, like if you're resting with like the back of your, the bottom of your hand sort of rested in there, you can't really grab the the levers, the sh- the, the, the brake paddles. Yep. Again, I mean, I guess, but you can grab them in the hoods. Marginal. So, uh, but okay. And the, the second bit though I didn't. I just didn't agree with. Whereas, basically, we want to ban it because it increases the chances of handlebars snapping because they're not clamping right. So Adam Hansen then put his thoughts out. He's the leader of the the riders' union, saying he was supporting the rule. He said there's a lot of extra stress when they're not put in the correct position designed by the manufacturer. Manufacturers design levers in a sense where they are meant to sit straight on the handlebars. It was never the manufacturer's idea to that they'd be put on an incline. So, I mean, I don't know. He's saying incline as in tilted up, mm. not tilted or in. Or down. Or down. Mm. Yeah, up or down. Well, an incline's up. That would be a decline. So he's being extremely vague. I don't know what he's talking about because they're banning it being turned inwards. Mm. And if it was, you've got bigger problems yeah. that the handlebars aren't safe mm. because they should be able to take that load anyway. So that whole second point about, well, it's increases the chances of the bar snapping, I, I think we can – Pretty much says a bit of BS. And by the way, I will say, out of the times I've seen the handlebars snap in pro races, there's two that come to mind. There's the Matthew Vanderpool snapping on the Canyon Air Road, and that was because they had that uh, proprietary mounting system. Mm-hmm. So that had nothing to do with the, incl- the angle of the levers. And then there was the Bianchi handlebars snapping as well, which again, I think that was just the handlebars weren't designed correctly. So not, the two examples I can think of with handlebar snapping don't have anything to do with the angle of the levers. So that's the sort of the general gist of it. Third reason that it's been banned is just it's horrendously ugly and just I hate that look of the person down there in that position with like the aero gloves coming up and they're in that like doggy position. No, not a fan. I see. I completely disagree. That's what makes the sport interesting is seeing people ride in different positions. And, yeah, traditionally – it is conventionally ugly, but it's interesting to watch. Like watching Taco Vanderhorn in a breakaway at the Tour de France, when he rolls his turn on the front, it draws your eye in because you're like, that looks really weird. And that's entertaining to watch. We can't have everyone riding stock standard everything. It's it's boring. I find it boring. So is the next step from this that basically everyone who's turning in just ends up on narrower and narrower bars, which ultimately probably becomes even more dangerous because then – your actual ability to handle the bike is becoming less and less because you won't have the drops to, to turn. If I'm, yes, I, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure they have a minimum handlebar width for the road. If I'm not mistaken, it's like 32. I could have just made that up. It's in my head for some reason. That oh, there okay. is a minimum. Let's run with that. But let's say it's a, so. I mean, yeah, potentially everyone just starts running like thirty fours, thirty sixes. In terms of the rule itself, from my perspective, I, I mean, I don't have an issue with there being a limit to how far you can turn your like whatever the angle is i've seen the jig pop up on the on the internet that they're going to use i don't have an issue with what that angle is ultimately yes there needs to probably be some restrictions around what what's done you know when this first sort of popped up your immediate reaction seems to be well uh, certainly like online is like 
oh, the UCI, damn them, you know, like the, the man is ruining us, all that kind of stuff. So I don't quite go go that far with it all. I do. It's just a total waste of time of all the stuff you could be working on and putting rules in for. You're banning sock height, aero tucking, which I never saw any crashes from aero tucking, lever tilt. It's like, come on. Well, that, no, you, that's, I hate that you did that because I, want, I potentially wanted to go the route of like the UCI concentrating on completely the wrong stuff like road racing is dying in this country it's dying in america and we're talking about friggin tilted levers yeah I, i'm oh, that's okay. an argument right. i oh, right. would love to have but just in terms of like the the way this sort of popped up online about there being outlaw outrage over them sort of stamping this out uh whatever like i don't really care that much can I go with my conspiracy theory though? Yeah, go. All right. So my, my conspiracy theory over this is is such. So bike industry and UCI. I realize I just was defending the UCI, but no, let's let's go full tin fat tin foil hat for this. So bike industry, UCI get together. All right. Industry comes to the UCI and says, right, we've been convincing everyone for a decade now that aerodynamics is super, super important. And we're we're pushing these thousand multi-thousand dollar aero frames on by on people but all these annoying people are just tilting their levers in and realizing that they can actually get more of an advantage or just as good an advantage from doing that by getting their body in a nice aero position and they're not having to buy the really aero shit that we're trying to push on them uci can you help out sure we'll ban this and so that person now has to well, the only option that person then has to get aero, because we've been pushing that for 10 years, is to actually purchase said aero product from bike industry. What wow. do you think? Do you like yeah. it? Yeah. I think They've there's a little together. bit in there. Yeah. The UCI got a phone call. Yep. Keep, these, keep, the, keep the consumers in line. You know, can't have people just getting free speed by tilting their levers in. We have to buy that stuff. I think the element of this that also bugs me is they're saying don't tilt your levers in because it could snap the handlebars. So instead of them saying, hey, we're going to safety check your handlebars so that there's a minimum thickness, for example, so it can withstand a, min a minimum amount of force, we're going to have a roundabout rule in case you're making to save weight your handlebars too thin that they might snap. You know what I mean? Like mm. why not just go to the source, which is if your handlebars are snapping, there's probably not enough freaking carbon in there. So why don't you regulate that, not the angle of the shifter that would then be attached to that? And the same thing happened because um, it also surprised me when disc brakes came in, when they allowed them in the pro peloton, yep. that they didn't increase the, the minimum weight limit. Oh, Hear I me see. Out. Because you had the rim brake bikes, then they went disc brake, but the minimum weight limit's the same. So then over the last six years, all the brands have just been stripping carbon away from every other place they possibly could to get the bikes as light as possible. And, yeah, you're going to end up with thinner handlebars, thinner top tubes, thinner seat posts, thinner everything else to get the bike to the same weight it was when it had rim brakes. Like To me, that's a more obvious safety thing of 6.8 limit for rim. When they brought in disc, make the minimum 7.2 so you that you don't adjust. the reality of that? On, <laughs> on on a YouTube comment section, okay, not only are you forcing us to ride disc brakes, but you're going to force us, you're going to legislate heavier bikes. That's that's a solid. In the interest of your safety, Jesse, mm -hmm. I'm forcing you to ride a heavier bike. Well, most of the bikes are already heavier than that anyway. But when you've got – talk about safety. I mean, these bikes all have proprietary – like they're – the factors and the Conagas with the Daramo seat posts and these special stem uh, integrated bar stems. And it's like, there's like all these different parts that are so thin because the weight limit's so low given the, the disc brakes. Mm. Like if they, if they, it would make more sense to me if they had said, Hey, we're going to implement different weight limit, or as I said, different, like a, a thickness check on the carbon in the stress points of the bike. That would make more sense. As opposed to don't tilt your hoods in. We don't. Yeah, but they don't do that. They no. They, they let you just. But to be fair, we don't know 
re- realistically, the amount of force a 70 kilo human is putting on carbon, it might be like completely negligible and, and that body of carbon is well capable of handling that. I mean, you do often see the 100 kilo rider weight limit thing on it. So potentially that's a conversation we can have with, with someone else. I hear what you're saying, but we might be like completely in the wrong ballpark when it comes to what stress is actually on the bike. But then why say you can't tilt your levers in? Yeah. Like it doesn't make, you know, if you, if you start going, yeah, I'm with you, but mm. th- that doesn't, what you're saying is potentially true, but that is complete opposites of saying, well, don't then don't tilt your hoods in because it might snap the handlebars. What What's more affronting to you, banning the super tuck or banning the tilt? Resonates worse with you. What What riles you up more? Is it neither or is it not comparable? Banning the super tuck annoys me more because it's it's almost insulting to a pro rider to say, you we don't want you to do that because it's dangerous. It's like, well, let them decide that. Not So that annoys me more. And it's also like, well, we I think it was also done probably not because they thought it was dangerous for the pros, but it was a bad look amongst juniors and things. I just hate that. It's like, let the pros be pros. Yeah, don't be a dumbass and aero tuck on your club ride. Like that so that annoys me more, I think. What what about you? I'm the same. Like I, I we had this conversation before and I the way I think I articulate it to you is like the super tuck, that's on you. If if you get in the super tuck and you're rocketing down the hill at hundred Ks an hour and you lose control and a gust speed you and die, <laughs> you you made the conscious decision, I'm getting in the super tuck now. You need the skill to perform that skill. There's, you know, if you go to your mechanic and say, tilt me in and, you know, all that kind of stuff, it's potentially not as on you as, as the super tuck. So, yeah, for me, the super tuck's more affronting to ban it because it was like a, if it's there, if it's, a, if it's attainable, if you think you can do it, do it. Whereas the, yeah, and plus for me, I, I'm the opposite to you. I hate the look of the of the bend-ins. Like I know they use some ridiculous pictures during the week of like, I think it was the two and under road bike time trial, which was all the images that they kind of used as the selling point for how bad this is. I do think that is, is pretty dangerous. You can't argue with that. When you have your levers tilted in so far that they're almost touching, you legitimately can't access the brakes as well. And your hands are more likely to slip off. So that first part of the argument uh, I think is true. Just the safety part in terms of the snapping, I think. What do you guys think? Storm in a teacup or, uh, well, I don't know. What's the alternative (laughs) to storm in a teacup? Yeah. Let us know, guys. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling second-hand group set items on forums and marketplaces and things like that. What an absolute friggin' minefield. So my particular circumstance was probably not a, it's pretty unique in the sense that three quarters of the group set that I'm selling was literally in the box, not used in the box because it was meant to be used for a build that never happened. Okay. So I've got this three quarters of a group set in a box. Was it, was it, what was the group set? Mono DI2 12 speed Durace disc. Shoot, I, should, I probably would have bought anyway. It's, Just, I didn't miss a chance. I, I, no, I'm, I'm banned from bike market. I no, didn't it was see on the Instagram post. as well. Was it? Yep. Oh, yeah, okay. put it up there. Oh. Um, so three quarters of it was that. And then there was uh, cranks, chain, cassette, cranks, chain, cassette, and the 
charger that were had been ridden, like not much, but had been ridden. And so you put the post up and I really want to sell it like as a group set. It's like, here it is, $3,500 for the full group set. Most of it's still in a package. Within seconds, oh, can I have the rotors? <sighs> and it just so you've got, <laughs> as soon as you start selling it, it just turns into this, oh, the left rotor, can I have that one? Like, no. Oh, the chain. Oh, that's interesting. Can I get that? No. So you basically have two weeks of minimum of, of this sort of stuff. But I kind of think about it. I would do the exact same thing as the purchasing people who see this come up on a forum. Go, oh, there's a mm. there's a rotor. I need that. Try your luck. What do you think? Like, have you bought second but that's second not hand? Really second hand. Yeah, that's see, that's where it's awkward. I know. True. Used but new. Mm. The actual second hand stuff, and now that everything's electronic, I just go, oh, second hand electronic group set. Because I've had my um, the, the the batteries are great. I had a I had a Di2 battery. Um, the one like the main one just kind of died off, like so that stuff happens. And then what if a motor like yeah, it's a warranty? Just now that so much of it's electronic, it's making the secondhand stuff a lot riskier. I do feel like it's one of these things though. Once you get into the routine of doing it, there's probably kind of gains to be made there. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like I, you do constantly see the same sort of people. Mm not only selling but buying the, the secondhand group set stuff pretty pretty often. It'd be a small group of people that deal with secondhand parts now. Like who's buying – you buy a group set. I guess no, I guess people still buy frame sets. Mm. But yeah. the, pro- the problem with components is normally the reason you're buying a component is your component wore out. And so why would you then go and buy something – that is already partially worn out as well. And so that was my whole rationale around selling the whole thing as a whole thing because, mm. you know, normally someone has bought a frame and they're like, okay, now I need the group set. Here it is. So that's why I wanted to try and keep it all together. Mm. But you do see some stuff come up and, you know, they put a chain or a cassette up there and they're like, oh, it's done, you know, a couple of months riding. Like, no, it's not. It's it's flogged. Like, what are you doing? Seriously? Yeah. I, uh, who buys a used? I don't think anyone's buying used chain. Mm. Chain rings. I mean, the problem is, how do you a, a used chain? You can measure at least. Mm. Like, how do you measure a used chain ring? Do you know who bought it? Mm-hmm. And what type is he uh, getting into it? And he's building a first bike, or is it someone that has multiple bikes and they just wanted to? Um, don't know that. My age, I kind of semi know him a little bit through racing and stuff like that. Okay. So um would so be pretty race. engaged in in cycling. Just cuz okay, you buy a group set, then you buy a then you have a frame or you buy a frame 50/50 chance now if it's going to have some sort of integrated handlebar thing which you'd have to deal with. Just it's such a minefield. I can't, the person that buys a secondhand group set to build up it's just getting rarer and rarer. I can't imagine doing that. I'm like, ugh, gosh. There are more unknowns than there used to be, 100%. Yeah. Just like is that is that going to, yeah, work with that particular frame, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I understand what you mean. Yeah. All right, quick pro cycling roundup, Jesse, of random random thoughts. Can I can I start us off? Um, I don't know if this is a shout-out or, or what, but um, Instagram account – Dicycle, I think is kind of how he calls it, design. Mm-hmm. He's been doing these like mock um, pro cycling kits ever since I started designing our kit, so at least five years. Mm-hmm. And I had a little bit of communication with him. We actually kind of collaborate a little bit on one or two designs. He's just, he has now, well, he's designed the new Sudal Quickstep kit for 2024. Mm-hmm. Um which I think, personally, I reckon it's super cool. Like, I, I well, in terms of him doing it, it's super cool. The results, fine. It's very pseudo quick step. Mm-hmm. But for them, it's probably quite outlandish. Um, always good to see Julian Alaphilippe showing a little bit of personality in the launch. Good on him. Um, but yeah, I was kind of happy with that particular kit. You seen anything else that's stood out? I did see the Ineos uh, release, and they've changed manufacturers. And you kind of know that the kit. Manufacturers, don't you? So they've moved to Gobik. Yes. Who were Movistar. 
Okay, nice. Now what they've leaned more into the orange and they've also got that on the on their bike. So they've got the that fade orange into the into the darker black. Um it's it's the old uh it's the old sideways gradient, Jesse. Um how would I describe the sideways gradient? Uh shit. Really, really. <laughs> Look, the the only that the one nice thing about a gradient was that it tended to go like into the bib short. So it was like vertical. Mm-hmm. So it went from like the lighter color normally down into the bib short and it kind of looked seamless. This, the sideways gradient does nothing. Like, so it, uh, if you view this from one side, it's going to look like a black kit. Mm. You view it from the other side, it'll look like a, almost a yellow kit. No, the no. kind of a, a fail for me. Well, because and the frame. So they've with the frame, they got the fade from orange to the dark. I, I I don't I don't like that either. It's kind of the the front end of the bike looks cool, and then it just fades to this just black. Mm. I mean, it, it, uh, they should. Why don't they just do the whole thing just fluoro orange, <laughs> like like they did the you Go know full CCC. Yeah, mm. yeah, like the um. The, the the dogma that we showed a while ago that was all that light blue was beautiful. Like, do that whole thing in orange would be sick. Um, I also shared the on my Instagram story the new Bora kit, mm. uh, and I thought I thought it looked, I, I really rated it. And then everyone took a dump on me <laughs> because they all thought it was lame. So I, I am a uh, half color blind. But um, what did you think of the Bora? Which is nice to see green back in the peloton. I got no issues with that. It looked a bit Australian actually, a bit of green and gold. Yeah, it did. And they also got fluoro yellow gloves. I'm telling you, when the first rate starts and you see those fluoro yellow gloves, it's going to look good. I really rated this, the Bora kit. It's going to stand out. And the one, so their kit from last year, it was stylish off the bike, but in the bunch, it was just, oh, okay, it's a Bora rider, I guess. It didn't really do that much. Whereas I saw this and I thought, okay, that's, that's going to look hot in the, in the bunch. No, I'm a fan. It it kind of looks uh it looks a bit mappy for me. A bit of color blocking oh, yeah. <laughs> from the from the the pastel spring collection. Yeah, I mm-hmm. don't know. I got no the issue Ineos with that. The Ineos kit still looks like Castelli make it. Yeah. So Castelli it's just yeah. stuck with me. Yeah. Castelli design. Yes. It was one year for Bio, Bio Racer, was it? Was it only one year? So it wasn't wasn't long. Maybe it was 2 years. Devo. Didn't seem to didn't seem to connect. Do you feel like for a kit brand being in the world tour is a is a big win, or doesn't move the needle much. I mean, like a bike being in the world tour is, yeah, that's you can't argue with that. But kit, what do you think? Mm, depends which brand. Like for someone like <sighs> Map or one of those fashion brands like BBUC, the the skin suits that I've been been riding, I don't think it's relevant in any way, shape, or form. But for a for a Euro brand. It's there's got to be something there, and also for like a, a rule twenty eight type, hey, performance is our thing brand. Then, then yeah, you reckon? Okay, so I would thought I almost think the opposite. Now clearly, I am not a market expert nor are you, so we're just shooting in the dark here. But I thought for a fashion brand or fashion oriented kit brand, being in the world tour is a massive win because it it gets that performance box. Whereas for Castelli, they need it to look cool. So they need it. They need to go more influencer route. Mm. And then the fashion brands which already have the influencer route, it needs to be shown they can perform well. So you put in the world tour. True. I, th- I think the team matters as well because I remember um, Simon Mottram, the Rafa guy, saying that after – because they partnered with Sky there for that period of time. Was It was like their first introduction into the Euro, into the world tour and everything. And it was massive from a from an eyeballs perspective, but it really – it kind of hurt their, um, their – almost like their motto, their – like the branding right. of it. Right, okay. Because it, Sky was so associated with metronomic, boring, like – performance whereas the fit with ef being the hey we're the party team like left of center is more of a fit for their brand maybe that's probably thinking higher up the the food chain but is is rafa the last i'm gonna say kind of fashion oriented kit brand that went into the world tour can you think of any other ones recently i think we're biased in a 
Anglo English speaking sort of universe, honestly, like Gobic could be a big fashion brand in Spain. I don't know. Like we get pumped on Instagram, probably the English speaking stuff. Like what's the Bora Hans Bora Hansgrove kit is the is sportful. Yeah, so that's not really a But does sportful brand. even sell kit? Like yeah. sorry. No, <laughs> they do. I, 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 if you had to buy just go and buy a kit. Like, would you? I would never even come to mind to go and buy a sportful. Whereas it seems like, from what I've seen from them, if they're in the world to a team, and I don't really see them as a direct consumer, like a retail oriented. Are they doing more custom stuff? The retail. The retail. When have you seen? Have you ever seen anyone wear a sportful? Just out riding a sportful kit. To, to be brutally honest with you, Jesse. The business model for cycling kit, I don't understand it. I don't. I really, really don't. Because I, I said this to you the other day, like it seems to go from like old mate in his garage, like selling kit as a bit of a side entity and like massive global brand like Rafa, but they almost – in Instagram kind of looked the same. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's very confusing to me, like who's actually making millions and millions of dollars and who's doing it as like a side hustle from their job as a like coffee, as a cafe barista. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, it's very confusing. Maybe we should get some a kit. Person I know on. we need to get, we should, we need to collaborate with that, that podcast that all they do is talk about kit, yeah. that fashion one. Yeah. And right. Cause it is funny. Cause Everyone wears kit. Mm. It is the most important, the most universal thing that people buy, even more so than bikes because people have multiple kits and usually only one bike. So, but the kit brand that a team wears is usually an afterthought, unless pretty much unless you're EF and it's Rafa. I feel like Rafa is a big part of the EF identity. But for most of the other teams, is like any else where Gobic, okay, whatever, no one cares. Borrow West Sportful, all right, whatever, no one cares. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Castelli, I think Castelli and Ineos seemed, again, this is so totally biased because it's just what I'm getting fed with. I feel like the Castelli Ineos link worked quite well, uh, that had an identity about it. I would have thought the pitfalls for a kit brand actually seem to far outweigh the benefits for partnering with a World Tour team. Like, that pissy brand that UAE with, they've got a massive, well, they had a lot of issues, well, the riders did with their kits, specifically like in the wet weather stuff and the cold weather stuff. And that became very public that it affected their riders. And so therefore you've got this information coming out to a big audience saying, well, this pissy stuff is kind of subpar mm-hmm. and that's, hitting a lot of eyeballs as opposed to, you know, a much smaller reach if it just had avoided that whole thing altogether. Yeah, that's that doesn't work out well. So the Jayco Alula kit is made by LA. Oh, yeah, yeah, A-L-E. A-L-E. Yeah. Where do you buy an an ALE kit? I just don't understand. Like what is ALE? At a bike store in Bologna. You do? Yeah, you'd, you'd go right. in and you'd buy a, an LA jersey from your local have you ever, bike shop. Have you ever seen someone out wearing an a, oh, LA Liam kit? Kelly used to besides rock Liam, it. Besides Liam rock Kelly. those fluoro nicks. Oh, there we oh, go. Get that in your face. <laughs> besides <laughs> Liam Kelly. <laughs> uh, have you seen anyone wearing an LA That's why I don't understand. You're sponsoring a world tour. I've never seen anyone wear your kit. I just don't understand. We need to get someone on that actually knows what they're talking about. But, uh, uh, geez, it looks like a... Okay, I'm not going to – it looks – okay. These, I don't know how f- these things just go in cycles and also in terms of – like the geography of this stuff matters so much. <laughs> like, I swear this is like a money laundering operation. It's like you sponsor a world tour team. I've never seen anyone <laughs> wear your kit. Like what – like pissy. Have, what, I've never seen someone – and now they're a new brand, so give them time – are they selling? Are they moving stock? Like, maybe, what is going on here? Maybe it's a fake sponsorship. Maybe it's an NRS type sponsorship. So 
the team's actually just buying the kit. <laughs> Maybe. So it's a it's good old-fashioned, you know, put the logo on the jersey, but we actually just bought this stuff yeah. and to make it look more it may be, legit. You must be – you've got to be – it must be an Australian thing. I've seen it – all the kits I see aren't in the World Tour, but all the bikes I see are in the World Tour. I, I can't explain I can't explain that difference. Um, we will – let's go and um, do some some hard research – Speak to some people. Maybe we, let's let's see if we can get to the bottom of this big conspiracy. Can we talk about Tade Pogacar? Yeah. Actually, before we talk about Tade Pogacar's uh, coming race calendar, mm-hmm. did you see the video with him and Matt Stevens on the cafe ride thing? Yes, I saw it being promoted. I oh, saw it being promoted. I yeah. watched it. Was it good? Yeah, it was, it was Matt Stevens and Tade Pogacar riding around. What did they talk about? How he got into riding. <laughs> He likes baking, usual bants, rode away from him at 900. Yeah. It was just, he made one <laughs> passing comment, which I found kind of interesting, where he was like, one of the things was, oh, oh why did you get into to riding? Like, what was the thing? And he goes, oh, I see the pros in like their white helmets and their white sunglasses and white shoes and white socks and then their beautiful like white bikes or like pro bikes. And he's like, oh, I just wanted to be a part of that. And a little second of me thought, like, come to Heffron. Basically, <laughs> everyone in C grade has that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just that little, yeah, it's, it's interesting how that guy's drive was to achieve that. And yet here we are sitting down chatting about people and me riding a bike just as good, if not better than his bike. And <laughs> like, threshold's like 300 watts less than his. Anyway. I'm going uh, to watch it. So I'm going to stop. I'm going gonna, I'm to watch it. I, it's just a type of, it's just a video I'd never watch. But I'm going to watch it. I'm going to just, I'm going to, yeah, I'm committing to it. I'm going to do it. Right. You have to give me a full review on that next week and I will give you a full review on an S5. How much, is there a lot of B-roll and stuff? I'm just, my attention span is not that good. Is it lots of, like, how much of it is that just crappy bantery stuff? I just. You're going to hate it. I'm fine. I know I'm going <laughs> to. That's why I haven't watched it because I know I'm going to just click off. There's I no can't. screenshots of his of his work calendar for the next week, giving you an insight into what his training looks like. Okay. <laughs> oh, they do go into his fridge. Do you like that stuff? There's fridge chat. Where are they? At his house. Oh, where does he live? I'm going to say Monaco. Okay. Okay. If it's more vlogs. Yeah, it's okay. Well, it's, I don't it's, mind it's that. It's highly produced vlog. Okay. Yeah. The promo I saw was like them doing a wheelie and kind of laughing. I was like, oh, ugh. It's more than 10 seconds of that. I'm starting to struggle. There's a, there's a good bit where he's at the top of the climb and, like, he's, uh, Matt's interviewing him. And, like, Tade's distracted by something. And he's just like, and then he's just like, oh, sorry, I just have to. And there's this mammal who's, like, parked his bike up, but he's, he's lent the bike drive side down onto, like, this rock wall. And the bike's, like, resting on the crusty rock. And Tade's like, don't lean your bike like that. It's like it's on the drive side and it's going to scratch your bike. And this guy's like, sorry, who are you? What? And Pagacha's like, okay, okay, we can now do the interview. I just, I just can't, I can't deal with that over there at the moment. I just like that. All right. Okay. Well, let's, uh, how do I, I'm going to go click the, the button and going to go save to watch later. So he's going to ride the Giro. Thoughts? Oh, this was sad news. He's given up. He has certifiably given up on winning the Tour de France. I think he's just is got that what a bag. You reckon? No, he's got a bag. Bag of cash. RCA have well, said, I mean, Tade, <laughs> come on. That's what? what, I mean, fair enough. You're sure, but you're not winning. He's not winning the Tour de France next no. year. So, but maybe he already knew that. Maybe he kind of deep down knows I've done every little thing. I'm not, I just can't match the JV. So he's just, all right, put an offer into to the Giro. Here's a question. If, if Vingegaard wins five straight tours, but Tade keeps doing Tade things, let's say he wins a grand tour every year, wins a couple of monuments, wins a couple, maybe wins a world champs in there somewhere. Who's, who's, uh, see, I still think Tade is going to be the more generational remembered rider than Vingegaard. And that's not, that's not a slight on 
on Jonas. It's just I think the way – I don't know. Maybe that's just me speaking out of, out of turn, someone who's not it is, enough attention you know, to it. I think you – I would probably agree with you. I just like the – I like the pin, like the Tour de France is the pinnacle. Agreed. But if riders stop going because they know they're unlikely to win, it makes it less meaningful because the second best Grand Tour rider in the world – well, actually, you know, Sepp Kuss, you know, he's bloody amazing, but he's not going. So I don't like that. I like to see everyone compete in the events that they're best in and it makes it better to watch. Guys start going, actually, I'm going to shop around a bit. Loses the, the luster. I'm a bit annoyed because I kind of thought the Giro was a total shit show last year and they really should be paying for the consequences of that by having a really bad start list this year. Uh, the way that was organized, it was a joke. Like it really, it was a joke. And so, yeah. Uh, and in comparison, the tour is, it's just, I hate the fact that it is the the premier event because I hate the hold that ASO have on our sport. Mm -hmm. But I, I actually think it's getting bigger and bigger as opposed to the other. Maybe the classics are starting to, to help a little bit take the weight out of it, but I don't think the other Grand Tours are. Um, yeah, so I, I, I think you're right. I think if the if the main riders start pulling pulling out of the Tour, that's not going to be a good thing or, or not be at their peak, it's not going to be a good thing. Is it just such a nightmare to train for? So he's Strada Bianchi, Milan San Remo, that's March. Giro in May, Tour in July, World Champs in September. I mean, Olympics, get him in the Olympics as well. Olympic Games also in July. Like, imagine trying to train for that season. It's just, but that's yeah, that's yeah, that's all. That's all good. Like it's fine. Like good, you know, readjusting your priorities. It looks like, and you know, doing all that sort of thing. But I don't know if it's the training thing. It's just the danger of crashing thing. Like there's there's so many race days in there. So many chances to break your wrist again. Like I don't know. Yeah, good luck to him. That said, I'd, like, I'd love to sit here in 12 months' time and go, holy shit, he just won. Oh, I, I would also – I, I, if I could pick someone to win the Tour de France, but I, I, I like it. I think it'd be good if he won. I just can't see it happening. No. Yeah. No, I'd prefer Remco to win the Tour. Rem yeah, I reckon that would be okay. – just, just from a narrative, like, sport – perspective i reckon that would be super cool because that would like it'd be like a a bomb just went off in the the gc sort of hierarchy mm. you know yeah it's like he finally figured it out yeah and he's yeah and it's like what yeah yeah i just reckon that would be so cool for the sport and i've got a yeah massive soft spot for the guy i reckon he's yeah gotta be going for him how many views would that video get in his channel rimco how i won the tour <laughs> <laughs> It is interesting though the pro cycling thing like it it only takes a couple of weeks of it not being around for me to start actually getting reinvigorated for it. Do you okay. know what I mean? Yeah. Like which made me think what could work in a roundabout way is like a mid-season break. You know, cuz I do feel like we get we do by September everyone's like I'm done by this 100%. Whereas I do think it could sort of go a bit further if we had a little break. Because I'm into it now. Like, I'm, oh, new kids, oh, oh race <laughs> calendars, oh. I'm, whereas, like, we, we haven't wanted to talk about pro cycling for a month. And now I feel like I do. Post to uh, shut it down for a month. Shut it down. Yeah. I reckon that'd be cool. Like, because you'd let that sink in. And the, the, the froth of the tour would just linger and you could kind of reassess it and break it down. And then it would the sport had come back. And you'd be like, whoa. So at this point, Jesse, I will wish you a Merry Christmas. Oh. Mm. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Yes. Merry Christmas to our audience. Oh, don't worry, though. Don't worry. Now, can we, oh. can we spoiler? We've got some good stuff coming. I'm not saying I'm, I'm serious. So don't – you thought, oh, Christmas – there's not much to talk about. They're going to do an app. Don't worry. There are some good things coming. You've so got if you've got some rides planned, some longer festive 500 rides, solo ones. 
Get your friggin' phones in your back pocket. Get the earbuds in the ears. We are going to have some truth bombs dropped yes. in the next 10 days I'm or very so. excited. Should we do yes. a Christmas Day drop? Could be a Christmas Day drop. Probably be very bad analytically. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, kids. Neuro Show just uploaded. <laughs> um, yeah, but... 100%. Uh, we've got pretty much a packed calendar coming all the way through to the end of the year. So do subscribe, rate, like, and share. See you. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm like, now I'm like, when's this? I get so confused. I'm like, guest episode, and then when's this get uploaded? Um, yeah, thanks for listening to me. See you next week. See you next week, guys. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.